Morning, my name's Pip and it's great to have you with us this morning. So over the last few weeks we've been thinking about this theme of doing differently. How do we live differently as we look towards and walk with Jesus? And as I've been, been thinking about um, what I'm going to talk about today, this phrase has just been going through my head and it's one that we're hearing a lot about at the moment. It's dominating our headlines and it is likely to for the foreseeable future because it's each and every one of us and the phrase is the cost of living crisis it's a very real part of our lives right now but what I want to do this morning is to think about this phrase in a slightly different way to think of it not so much about prices being high and money being tight and how on earth do we get by but more the cost of how we actually live you know how do we do this thing called life and to help us with this, we're going to look at what Jesus says about the cost of living. So if you've got your Bible um, or you've got a Bible app on your phone, turn to it now. You need to go to Matthew chapter 10 and we're going to read the first eight verses to start off with. Um, if you've not got your Bible with you, don't panic. Um, it'll be on the screen. Um, but Matthew chapter 10. Okay. And this passage is set right at the beginning of Jesus's ministry. He's invited this motley crew of people around him to follow him and he's giving them instructions as they embark on this adventure together. And this is what it says. Jesus called his 12 disciples to him and gave them authority to drive out impure spirits and to heal every disease and sickness. These are the names of the 12 apostles. First, Simon, who is called Peter, and his brother Andrew, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John, Philip and Bartholomew, Thomas and Matthew the tax collector, James son of Alphaeus and Thaddeus, Simon the Zealot and Judas Iscariot who betrayed him. These twelve Jesus sent out with the following instructions. Do not go among the Gentiles or enter any town of the Samaritans. Go rather to the lost sheep of Israel. And as you go, proclaim this message. The kingdom of heaven has come near. Heal the sick, raise the dead, Cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. I mean, who wouldn't want to do life with Jesus when it looks like this? Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, so infection and disease, and drive out demons. You know, that is not a normal humdrum existence. That is a life-changing mission, a kingdom-bringing mission, a life well-lived. And if I were one of the 12 and I heard those opening words, I'd be like, yes, Jesus, I'm in. The thing is, these words of Jesus are also spoken to us. And something that I love about following Jesus is that filled with his Holy Spirit in his power, we actually get to do this stuff with him. You know, I've seen some of this stuff. I've not yet been around anyone who's come back to life, but I am totally up for it. That would be a great story, right? When someone just casually asks you, uh, how was your day? And you're able to tell them that, how amazing would that be? I am all for the coming and the sightings and the glimpsing, the glimpses and the outpouring of the goodness and wholeness of God's kingdom here on earth, knowing that we won't experience it fully until we are in heaven. But we get to see some of it now. We get to partner with God to usher it in. So the invitation is thrilling. This is an invitation to life. But Jesus doesn't finish there. He goes on. 
So let's go on ourselves. Let's start at verse 9 and we're going to read a, a fair few verses as we go along the rest of that Matthew chapter 10. So starting at verse 9, this is what Jesus says next. Do not get any gold or silver or copper to take with you in your belts. No bag for the journey or extra shirt or sandals or a staff, for the worker is worth his keep. Whatever town or village you enter, search there for some worthy person and stay at their house until you leave. As you enter the home, give it your greeting. If the home is deserving, let your peace rest on it. On it. If it is not, let your peace return to you. If anyone will not welcome you or listen to your words, leave that home or town and shake the dust off your feet. Verse 16. I am sending you out like sheep among wolves. Therefore be as shrewd as snakes and as innocent as doves. Be on your guard. You will be handed over to the local councils and be flogged in the synagogues. On my account you will be brought before governors and kings as witnesses to them and to the Gentiles. But when they arrest you, do not worry about what to say or how to say it. At that time you will be given what to say, for it will not be you speaking, but the spirit of your father speaking through you. Brother will betray brother to death, and a father his child. Children will rebel against their parents and have them put to death. You will be hated by everyone because of me. But the one who stands firm to the end will be saved. When you are persecuted in one place, flee to another. Verse 26. So do not be afraid of them, for there is nothing concealed that will be disclosed. Sorry, that will not be disclosed, or hidden that will not be made known. What I tell you in the dark, speak in the daylight. What is whispered in your ear, proclaim the roofs. Proclaim from the roofs. Do not be afraid of those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul. Rather be afraid of the one who can destroy both soul and body in hell. Are not two sparrows sold for a penny? Yet not one of them will fall to the ground outside your father's care. And even the very hairs of your head are all numbered. So don't be afraid. You are worth more than many sparrows. Whoever finds their life will lose it. And whoever loses their life for my sake will find it. Now that sounds rather different. You can hear the tone seems to have shifted. It's not just come and do this, see this. It's come and do this, see this. But there's going to be a cost. You know, this is the small print that you want to read before you sign up, right? Jesus is saying to his friends, but also his words are for us too. He's saying, be alert. Don't live how everyone lives. If you follow me, it means doing things differently. He's inviting us to do different. And from what Jesus is saying, it seems to me that we have this choice. The way of being comfortable or the way of courage. What Jesus said to his followers back then and says to us right now is that there's a cost to following him. There's a cost to this kind of living. And the cost is that we don't get to choose all the nice bits, all the best bits. We don't get to choose being comfortable. What we get is to choose to follow him, whatever that entails, wherever that takes us. We get to follow him instead of following ourselves. Now, just before we started this morning, um, I had a quick chat with some of the kids team and they're kind of exploring a similar theme with the children this morning. And um, the person who's leading it, Nikki, said, uh, are we going to play the hokey-cokey? 
uh, we're going to do the hokey cokey. Do you, I don't know if you remember that kind of childhood game, you know, you put your left arm in, your left arm out, in, out, in, out, shake it all about. There's kind of different body parts. But then the, the song finishes with uh, you put your whole self in. And she was saying what she wants the children to understand is that, you know, as we follow Jesus, it's all in. Uh, you know, we can't just pick and choose. It's all of us, all the time. Um, and so, you know, if you're here and your kids are in church um, in their group this morning, then um, if they want to play hokey cokey this afternoon, then you'll know what, what that's all about. But, you know, I guess the question for us all is how do we want to live? You know, which of these ways do we want to choose the way of being comfortable or the way of courage? So let's have a look at, first of all, at this way of being comfortable. Our culture is all about ourselves. We live in the age of the selfie. We are absorbed with ourselves, looking out for ourselves, seeking to protect ourselves, pampering ourselves, living for ourselves, seeking at all times to make our lives comfortable. You know, that's what our Western culture feeds us and says to us every which way we look. It's all about you, me, the self. But Jesus seems to be saying something very different here. His words to his first followers in this passage say that things are going to be far from comfortable. He says that's not what we're going for here. Don't get distracted by the things you think you need, the things that you put around yourself to make you comfortable. Those words, he says, do not get any gold or silver or copper to take with you in your belts, no bag for the journey or extra shirt or sandals. You know, they're not the mission. If we seek the way of being comfortable, it's a way of living that has a very real cost. It seems harmless enough, after all, it's just how everyone lives. But it's a kind of living which actually has no life in it at all. And that's the cost. There's no life in it. Being comfortable is a crisis that is so deeply ingrained in our culture that we don't really even notice it. Until perhaps we see a tiny glimpse here or there where we're suddenly taken aback by the ugliness and the selfishness of it all. Jesus says, be alert to the culture around you. Be aware of its pull and draw on your hearts. Be on your guard. Notice what's going on. You are to live differently, do differently. That's his invitation to us. This all-consuming, self-absorbed culture of ours doesn't lead to Jesus and it doesn't lead to life. Think for a minute about that word absorb. You know, we use a cloth to mop up or absorb something that's been spilt. And if you look up the word absorb in the dictionary, it says this, to become, to take in, to soak up. So who or what are you becoming? What are you taking in? What are you soaking up? And another way that we use the word absorb is we talk about being absorbed by something or absorbed in something, like being absorbed in a book, you know, we become preoccupied with it, or a film, you know, if we're, or a Netflix series, you know, if we're absorbed with something, it takes up our heart and attention, it becomes our focus. Um, we become engrossed in it or captivated by something or someone. So who or what are you absorbed by? Who captures the attention of your heart and mind? You know, those are questions that we need to be asking ourselves all the time. 
If we choose to follow Jesus, we are invited to live differently, to live to the beat of a different drum, to live the way of courage. Living to be comfortable and living courageously are not compatible. You can't do both at the same time. You need courage when you stand in the face of something uncomfortable. You don't need it when you're comfortable. They're like two opposite things. You can't have both at the same time. They're like two opposed kind of magnets that don't come together. So let's look at the way of courage. So Jesus doesn't say, come follow me and you will have a life without difficulty or trouble or heartache. You know, if you're here this morning um, or if you're listening to this on Spotify and you've already said yes to following Jesus and you thought that was the case, then I'm sorry if you didn't get to hear the whole picture first. If you read what we've read today, that's the full picture. It might not look quite the same for us in our culture here today. Rejection, humiliation, mockery, persecution, suffering. But Jesus says there is a cost. If you look at some of the rest of the New Testament, you can see what happened to some of those first people as they followed him. And often it wasn't pretty. There was a real cost of following Jesus. There was then and there is now. But this cost of following Jesus generally looks very different for us here in our Western culture. You know, our lives are not so much in danger, as is the case for some followers of Jesus in other parts of the world, but there is still a cost. And Jesus says, don't be afraid, I am with you. The way of Jesus is about surrender. It costs our time, our pockets, our habits, our thinking, our decisions, the way we seek to protect our reputation, the way we love others, the way we seek to control, the way we choose to forgive, the way we serve. There's so many ways that following Jesus impacts on our lives. If we follow Jesus, we're following Jesus. We're not following us. We're not following ourselves or our wants and impulses. Following Jesus will change you because your life will be about following him and not you. That's the cost. So I guess another question might be, is it costing us? If we would say we're followers of Jesus, is it costing us? The way of our culture is to follow our heart's desire. But the problem is that our heart's desires are often not good. They can be ugly. you know. But Jesus invites us, he urges us to choose a different way and to do differently, to choose his way. Now, um, yesterday, or last night, um, I had the privilege of taking a couple of the teenagers from church to a DTI road trip, which was an event over in West London. And DTI, for those of you who might not know, is the um, Dreaming the Impossible. It's the youth festival that goes on in the summer. Um, a whole load of us went last year and more of us are going to go this year. If you're not a young person or you haven't got young people, you can still get involved. You can become part of the team. Um, it, it needs a lot of people to make it happen and it's so much fun. So if you're interested in doing that, this is a bit of an aside, but if you're interested in doing that, please come and chat with one of us. But at this DTI uh, road trip last night, um, there was an opportunity. So the room was full of young people from all over London and, and all over. And um, there was a point towards the end where one of the leaders at the front said, you know, if you want to follow Jesus, um, I'm not going to make it easy for you. I'm, this is going to be hard for you. I'm going to ask you to be really brave 
and I'm going to ask you to stand up and come down the front as a way of saying, I want to do this. And he said, I'm not making it easy because following Jesus is hard um, because it costs you this whole way of doing things differently if we follow Jesus. So in verse 39 we read, didn't we? Jesus said, whoever finds their life will lose it and whoever loses their life for my sake will find it. You know, we are invited to come and die, to lay everything down, to say, I am yours, to surrender. And as we do this, instead of losing our life, we end up gaining life, not just here in this world, but also in the world to come. It's the cost of living, really living. And as we follow Jesus, we have this daily invitation, moment by moment, to live, to choose life to have the lifeblood of the Holy Spirit flowing through our veins, to step into life and speak life over others. But the cost is that we're following someone else, not ourselves. Our way has to die. You know, there are a couple of really famous uh, prayers that you may have heard, even if you've not been in and out of church. And one of them is, is a phrase that Jesus said as he was praying, just as he was facing death, and he was saying, not my will, but yours be done. Uh, he was crying it out, not my way, but yours, not my will, but yours be done. And another phrase that we've been kind of taught to pray um, as we, yeah, as we pray is your kingdom come. And that means your kingdom come, not mine. They're both short one-liner prayers, but perhaps the hardest, most life-changing ones, because we're saying your way, Lord, not mine, you not me. So let's ask the Lord, you know, this morning, where might we be seeking the comfortable? And where might we need to embrace courage? And if you've been sat here listening or you're listening um, to this later and you wouldn't say that you follow Jesus yet, you might be wondering if it's all worth it. I mean, I've laid it on pretty thick. Um, I've been clear about the small print. And all I can say is that it is totally worth it. Jesus is totally worth it. You know, we sometimes sing a song here and some of the words of it say, you are worthy of it all. And we just repeat it, you are worthy of it all. It's in dying to ourselves that we come alive. It's in following Jesus that we find hope, freedom, truth, healing, peace, comfort, joy and deep, deep love. And these things, not just for ourselves, but for others. It's in following Jesus that we find life. So if you don't yet know him and you would like to, we would love to pray with you uh, so that you can make a start on that journey towards life. So in a minute, we're going to have communion. We're going to have communion and then we'll sing one more song and then we're going to pray for each other. Um, but this communion here, this is the cost of our living. It's in Jesus dying, him dying to bring us life. And the bread is a symbol of Jesus' body broken for us on the cross. And the wine, which is in fact juice here, the, the wine is a symbol of his blood poured out for us. The symbols of the love that God has for us, that he would send his own son to die so that we might have life. Jesus took on himself all our self-absorption, all our sin, all of our following ourselves and the trouble that gets us into, all that separates us from God and he paid the price for it 
so that we might be free, so that as we believe in him, as we die to ourselves and follow him, we might live here and now and forever. You know, communion is a place that we come back to again and again where we say thank you and yes to Jesus. You have my heart. I surrender.